Hey, it's Jeff from Earwolf, and I want to let you know that you're about to listen to an archived episode of Affirmation Nation with Bob Duca. LegalZoom.com is sponsoring this episode. If you enter the code Earwolf on their website, you will get a discount. They're helping keep this show free and keeping us afloat. Every penny you spend while you're there comes straight to us. So please support them. They're supporting us. And don't forget, LegalZoom is not a lawyer, and they provide self-help services at your direction. I'm sure Bob would appreciate it. So thank you very much, and enjoy his show. Hello, and welcome to Affirmation Nation with me, Bob Duque. TGI, hello, Bob Duque here. Today I'm going to read another excerpt from my unpublished autobiography. Um, listeners, longtime listeners know that uh, part of my self-healing process is to write my story um, with the idea that uh, one person's story really is everyone's story, and that by me exposing it to the world, I not only am able to purge and have a catharsis, but hopefully you can learn a little something as well. Um, this uh, chapter was an assignment on uh, how our parents met. So, from the unpublished autobiography of Bam Duke, this is the story of how my parents met. Arlo and Loretta Duca were married on August 16, 1950. Arlo was a slight man who suffered from many allergies, fits of sighing, and asymmetrical mustachosis. My father's inability to grow properly aligned facial hair made him the object of much ridicule and of course prevented him from pursuing a career in the volunteer fire department. Emotionally, this defect was his the heel of Achilles, and it bothered him until the day that he died yesterday. Loretta Duca was a vibrant and robust woman who filled up a room. She weighed over 800 pounds and had not left the living room of her childhood home from the age of 14 when she discovered television with remote control and butter until age 21 when my father, working at the time as a door-to-door butter salesman, ironically enough, met her one extremely hot August day. He met the young Loretta and fell instantly in love. That is to say that because of dehydration and heat dementia, my father thought that the wheezing, moo-moo-clad figure splayed out before him was actually a 12 to 14 sexy young cheerleaders covered only in a hot cotton tent. Two months later, my mother's doctor borrowed a sonogram machine from the local elephant hospital and confirmed that the queasy stomach she'd been having was in fact morning sickness and not a reaction to her steady diet of condensed milk, ostrich egg omelets, and rotten grape juice. As my mother was fond of reminding me, this was far from the last time I would make her sick to her stomach. (laughs) My father, being a devout and resentful Catholic, did the right thing and married her. They had a quiet justice of the peace who makes house calls wedding, and then, using a series of forklifts, cranes, and a flatbed diesel trucks, whisked her away to the humble four-bedroom at 567 Queefy Lane that became my childhood home. In this home, I acquired the building blocks that would make me, me. It is here that I learned to, quote-unquote, be a man, as my father would say, to be tough, to withhold my emotions, to answer every slight with a fist, to not call it pee-pee, and to not do it sitting down. Starkly contrasting these reinforcements of our culture's paradigm of masculinity was my difficult relationship with my mother. She had desperately wanted a girl, and until the age of nine, she called me Lulabelle and adorned me in floor-length skirts and old-timey bonnets. I did not have any strong male role models while growing up. When I was 11, 
My papa got a job starting another family two towns over. After that, I became my mother's caretaker. My responsibilities included refilling mother's slop trough, ministering to her daily heart attacks, and propping her brubber and propping her blubbery eyelids open so that she could watch television. Before leaving for school every day, I'd scrub her down with a car wash foaming brush, duct tape a defibrillator to her chest, and pray for her safety. Finding my masculine self was made more difficult by the fact that, due to our outdated school zoning laws, I was forced to attend an all-girls school for bullies. Now, I will have more of my autobiography in later podcasts. I, again, I hope you gain something from this, and please, be good to yourself and others this weekend. Bob Duca's Affirmation Nation is an Earwolf Media production, co-produced by Scott Ackerman and Jeff Ulrich. You can send me, Bob Duca, a question, message, or health tip to affirmationnation at earwolf.com.